0: Before we get started on today's show, gotta tell you guys about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. These guys offer an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products, so head down to their store and sign up for their loyalty program. When you do, you'll receive 20% off of your entire purchase once per month, that's right, they are hooking up the DNVR fam with 20% off of your entire purchase. This offer extends members that are already in their loyalty program as well. Just mention DNVR. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. Every single every single time you pop in, every single time, you will receive one-on-one attention from one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products like $99 pre-pack ounces v3 hash oil bulk deals five cartridges for 100 bucks you guys know the deal mile high green cross offers outdoor pricing no cash that's fine because mile high green cross accepts hyper and what's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary on average from the time you walk in to the time you walk out is only nine minutes I know that's super important to me and my hectic and crazy life. Head downtown today to their convenient location on 9th and Broadway. They also offer parking in the back. Remember, sign up and save 20% off your entire purchase once per month. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison, Wind, and Brendan vote here. Tuesday edition of the show. We are presented by Illegal Pete's, the site of our watch party on Saturday for the Nuggets' date with the with the Phoenix Suns. I almost said the Cleveland Cavaliers. That would not be as exciting of a game. (laughs) But uh, the Nuggets take on the Phoenix Suns Saturday on the road. So we will all be watching at Illegal Pete's, the Colfax location. Uh, We'll be sending that. uh, Yeah, 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 we've got (laughs) we've got it down this time. But uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. We'll be tweeting out the info to RSVP and whatnot. Uh, I cannot wait for this watch party at Legal Pete's. I'm very hyped.
1: Yeah, I can't wait either. And just if you're listening, you're thinking about going, um, RSVP and then get there early. It's a limited space this time, so come and get a seat. Illegal Pete's. I mean, I don't have to pitch the people of Colorado on Illegal Pete's. You guys know how it is. Best nachos, burritos. You know, there's an open bar. It's just, if you got Nuggets basketball, Nuggets diehards with you, it's an easy call. So we'll see you there Saturday.
0: Yeah, definitely RSVP, like you said, because it's going to be a smaller venue, a more intimate setting, I think, to watch this game than our last watch party at Sportscom, which is a much bigger location. So make sure to RSVP, that way you'll be entered to win whatever prizes we're giving away and yeah, it's going to be a really fun night. Saturday night, so no school in the morning, no job in the morning, nothing to wake up for. None of you guys do anything on the weekends anywhere, I know. So come out. We'll have a late night Saturday at Legal Pizza. It should be fun. So uh, a lot to get into on today's show. Uh, we wanted to start, though, with a, a bit of a look at something we're doing over at thednvr.com uh, and on Twitter and whatnot. We're doing a movie bracket. Uh, Kind of in alignment with the Oscars this Sunday, Uh, really trying to decide in bracket style with your guys' help, what's the best sports movie of all time? So we launched that uh, today on Monday, and you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, so you'll be able to see it on Twitter, on the main DNVR underscore sports Twitter account. So yeah, make sure to vote and, and interact with that. It seems like it's got a pretty good response so far, don't you think? Yeah, people are
1: loving it. Just a little fun on a Monday, right? Just try to kill those Monday blues a little bit. We've got it broken down into the four different brackets or four different regions, if you will. The ballpark region, pretty intuitive, best baseball movies, the can, that's basketball and hockey, mile high, that's football and extra, which is kind of everything else. Um, Not a lot of upsets brewing so far, round one in the baseball bracket, but we got some fun ones in the can, Harrison. Um, semi pro the 12 seed making a run at Hoosiers at 5 that's well, couldn't people... be more
0: uh, couldn't be more opposite basketball movies in that matchup a real yin and yang type
1: deal it's really weird voting like those are two <laughs> completely different films right coach carter's making a run at Slapshot. and then i i mean, the biggest one i think people are upset at us for even putting this in the first round you've got mighty ducks and space jam and that's looking like a pretty even one so far. A lot of votes on that one. Two adored films. Two maybe overrated films, by the way. But yeah, a lot of fun <laughs> stuff brewing in the movie bracket.
0: Yeah, Mighty Ducks and Space Jam. That's a big name first round matchup. Space Jam, the 11 seed. Mighty Ducks, the 6th seed. Space Jam is like that power conference team that has a really bad regular season, but just barely gets into the NCAA tournament after... You know, getting a couple like wins in their conference tournament, and it's just probably a little under Um, But, yeah, that one's close. 55.8% so far for Mighty Ducks, 44.2% um, for Space Jam. I'm excited to see how this turns out. We're pumping pods out the entire week uh, with really everybody uh, across the DNVR uh, just talking different matchups here, talking their favorite sports movies of all time. Um. Yeah, so it should be a fun week, and yeah, make sure to keep it locked to the DNVR Twitter and whatnot to uh, interact and see who keeps advancing here.
1: So I have to know, I think everyone – I mean this is the, – the fun thing about this content is obviously there's no such thing as a right answer, but everyone's got a horse in this race. Everyone sees a film up there that they love rationally, irrationally, or whatever – uh, I saw you standing for glory road on the timeline <laughs> for, and I've got good news for you. 14 seed glory road has a matchup with the three seed goon. Yeah. It's 55 uh, goon. So glory Road's still in the running. Yeah. But they're I,
0: keeping it, uh, keeping it respectable.
1: <laughs> I have to know what's so, up. What did you just have? Like a, did you see it with your dad or something? Did it really strike home? <laughs>
0: um, I don't know quite why it struck home. Uh, here, this might be why. Um, <laughs> first off, if you, guys, if you guys haven't seen Glory Road, it's a good movie. It
1: is. A it is. Film. Um,
0: it, it's about Texas Western University basketball team. Texas Western, a college that doesn't even exist anymore. I think it's technically now like El Paso, or it's. Um, I, it, the school doesn't even exist anymore, but they were like the first. Um, all African American starting five to win an NCAA championship, and they like upset Kentucky in the tournament in just dramatic fashion. A Kentucky team with Pat Riley. There's a character mm-hmm. in the film portraying Pat Riley, which is
1: always really funny. Um, but I don't. I is it think... John Voight too? It's oh, someone it, weird. It, it,
0: it might be John Voight. <laughs> it might be.
1: I I have a confession, dude. I had I had Glory Road uh on my iPod. Back when you owned movies digitally through yeah. iTunes. That was my go-to like field trip, like airplane sports movie. So I yeah. understand.
0: But um I think I it came out, and I've told this story on the podcast before, but I was more of a college basketball guy really up until 2010, 2011, around the time when LeBron took his talents to South Beach, and that's kind of when I jumped on board with the NBA. Right. Um, but this movie was definitely out before then, I think. Maybe a little bit. Um, but, anyways, I, I was kind of more into college basketball, I think, when this film came out. And uh, so that probably pumped my interest in it a little bit. But um, no, it's a cool story, I think. It, it, it's a cool story. Your classic, classic underdog sports story.
1: It is, and slightly undertold, perhaps. So, you know yeah. what? Props to you, and for spreading the good word. Uh, I want to share with you, really quickly, my favorite results so far. Um, we have in the extra region in the 8-9 matchup we have the damned united at 8 and cool runnings Jamaican bobsled team at 9. Cool mm-hmm. runnings is winning 92% to 8%. I just As think it should be. Ah that's awesome. Cool they runnings are. a dark horse. It's a fan favorite I think might really, make it really
0: deep- really is a dark horse. Really is a dark horse. Personally uh, the one seeds are stacked. Uh, the one seeds are absolutely they are. loaded. Uh, I, I like all the one seeds. I, I'm a big miracle guy, though. Big miracle guy.
1: Man, I had to. I was fending off someone in the mentions today. Couldn't believe miracle was a one seed. But I, I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people love miracle. It should make a deep run. Yeah. Do you um? Who? What do you think's gonna win? I have thoughts on this.
0: Um. What are the three other one seeds again?
1: So you have miracle, field you of have dreams. Remember the Titans, Field of Dreams. Raging Bull. Yes.
0: I'm going to pick Remember the Titans to win.
1: Man, we agreed too much on this podcast, but I'm with you. I think Remember the Titans wins. People just love that movie, man. I think if you ask someone to name a sports movie, the average person off the street would probably say Remember the Titans
0: first. Yeah. Football, Denzel Washington. It's a big combo. Can't be that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big combo. So yeah, make sure to follow along on Twitter throughout the week. It should be really fun, and yeah, we'll see what you guys think is the best sports movie of all time. Uh, So I want to get into uh, Jamal Murray's impending return. Big news Monday was he was upgraded to questionable uh, on the Nuggets injury report. We'll get to that in a little bit, but as we always say, if you guys have questions uh, for the show – we take subscriber questions, member questions in the first segment. Uh, so if you are a DNVR member subscriber, make sure to comment in the comment section where this podcast will live on the DNVR.com. And we'll get to it before the first segment. Um, we got one question here uh, for today's show. This one comes from Joe Schmo. He writes, I've been really impressed with the growth of Jeremy Grant with his development. What does that mean for the Nuggets this postseason as well as going into next season, specifically with Plumley and Millsap. Are they on this team? I guess that's asking about next season, or I guess it could be about this season as well. So, uh, Brendan, how do you see Jeremy Grant's impact in the playoffs going and just kind of his role there based on what you've seen from him this season? And how does that affect what happens next year with uh, Mason Plumley and Paul Millsap, too?
1: Well, it makes things particularly interesting with Paul Millsap, right? Just starting with this season, if everyone's healthy, Millsap's back. I still think you obviously, I say obviously at least, want Millsap in the starting lineup. We just know what a high floor that Millsap-Jokic pairing has, and hopefully you can restore some balance to the defense. But in the playoffs, you're going to need to find ways and excuses to get Jeremy Grant a lot of minutes. We've, You and I have talked about this a fair amount, but... Last year, the year prior, the question was when or should Denver make the playoffs? Who guards like a true three or or a real threat on the wing? They've never even had a real answer. We looked at the way, you know, Jeremy Grant guarded Kawhi Leonard, Brandon Ingram, and you think, okay, that's at least an option. So that's going to be important in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be an interesting question, man. It's like, how does Malone find ways to get Grant those minutes? Because it probably doesn't come at three. But you want Millsap out there, too.
0: Yeah, uh, I I agree with most of those points. Grant, really, since Millsap has gone down and Millsap has missed a lot of games here, you know, 10 plus games in a row. Like, uh, I'm not sure what the exact number is offhand, but it's like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 games here that Millsap has missed straight. Grant has filled in and I think he's continuing to get better. No, he, he's scoring more than Millsap has, 15.5 points per game for Grant since Millsap has been out, and uh, I, I think is just really improving as he gets more playing time. Now, fast forward to the playoffs, I am a little concerned that the Nuggets won't be able to play good enough defense with Jeremy Grant You know, if Millsap was like unavailable or something, they need Paul Millsap from a defensive standpoint. If you just break down the numbers over the first 23, 24 games of the regular season, when Paul Millsap was in the lineup for every game, the Nuggets were a top three defense in the league. Uh, Since Millsap started to miss games, and now we have like around a 20 game sample size of him being in and out of the lineup, Nuggets are a bottom five or six defense. So. I feel like Denver's defense is directly tied to Paul Millsap, and I'd be worried. You know, if if the Nuggets are playing Grant too many minutes in the playoffs compared to Millsap, that Denver's defense just won't be good enough.
1: I completely agree, and that's that's right. I think it gets tricky, right? That team defense perspective. You need Millsap in there, but again, I mean, it's Grant is probably your best option. You know, like Torrey Craig, Gary Harris, great individual defenders, but t- typically better suited to guard smaller guys, right? Grant's, Grant's really your option to guard a Kawhi or, and, or a Paul George, and I don't know what that looks like in the playoffs. Uh, not a head coach for a lot of reasons. This is one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but to that point, Grant is going to have a lot of value in the playoffs as an on-ball defender like you were kind of getting at. Uh, He's not as good as Millsap is off the ball, not even close. Paul Millsap's one of the best off-ball defenders in the league, and Grant still kind of struggles in that area with rotations and some help side stuff. Um, But on the ball, Grant offers a lot more value than Millsap. He's much quicker. He's longer. He can guard uh, point guards, shooting guards, where where Millsap really can't. And so he's going to be really valuable when – you know, playoff basketball just kind of sometimes devolves into pick and roll. One pick and roll after another and a lot of times defenses are switching that and Grant's going to really be valuable there. Uh the the thing about him and kind of the other bigs on this roster with Plumlee and, and Jokic and Millsap, it's really tough to play four bigs in the regular season. Most right. teams just play 3. It's even tougher to play four bigs in a playoff setting. That's why you saw Mason Plumlee play just, you know, 10 minutes a game or so in the playoffs last year. And that was before Jeremy Grant got here. That's back when Trey Lyles was on this team and was out of the rotation by that time. So it's going to be tough to play three of those guys. It's going to be impossible to play four, Um, but maybe Jeremy Grant gets some more minutes at the three uh, to kind
1: of open up more minutes at the four and five for those guys. Yeah, or is Plumley just the odd man out? You know, and he struggled in those playoffs last year. That's hard to envision. I don't I don't see it playing out that way, but certainly on the table. Let me ask you if you're Tim Connolly, Arturis, you're in the summer now, and let's just say you're in this hypothetical where you have to choose between Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap. Mm. Where would you go? That's so
0: tough. That's so tough. But I would probably choose Jeremy Grant.
1: Because he fits the timeline better?
0: The timeline, he's more reliable. Paul Millsap is, I still think, a starting caliber power forward. But as we've seen, really over his three years in Denver, he has had some injuries. I don't think he's an injury-prone guy, but he's had more injuries as he's gotten more up there in age. And I would just feel more comfortable committing to Jeremy Grant even though I don't think he's the level of defender that Paul Millsap is, and Paul Millsap is probably just a better all-around player, I'd
1: rather commit to Grant. What about you? I'm with you. I'm with you, mostly because of the timeline stuff. Yeah, those The, the injuries here have been freak injuries, but probably not a coincidence that that stuff starts happening as you kind of get into like a decade and a half into your career. So I'm, I'm with you for all the reasons you just said. And then, of course, obviously the brightest timeline is Millsap looks at this like unfinished business and comes back on a favorable deal, which is certainly on the table as well, you know, so um, we'll have to see. But I think Grant's probably he got his audition and I think he showed us enough that if you had to choose, it's Grant.
0: And then fast forwarding to next year as well. Mm -hmm. Grant has shown uh, at times here, especially as of late with Plumlee out of the lineup and with Millsap out of the lineup that he can play some backup five. And I've got to think that gives Denver some comfort knowing that he can be their backup center. And maybe for the first time in the Michael Malone era, the Nuggets can play three big men as opposed to four next year and let Mason Plumley walk.
1: Yeah, it's possible. And that granted, at that five and, and the introduction of MPJ now, you, you see what happens with, with PJ being a part of the rotation going forward. But now also you have all this fun lineup versatility in terms of. Maybe not size, but length and throwing different looks at you and and more stuff for Malone to play with.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Nuggets are so long now. Really fun fun. to watch. It's fun, man.
1: Fun development.
0: Yeah. So thanks for the question. And again, members, questions get read before the first break here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. So make sure to get those in. The DNVR.com. Comment on this podcast on the site. We'll read them on Wednesday's show. And I do want to get to Jamal Murray, uh, his impending return, and how that kind of impacts the Nuggets rotation, how that helps Nicole Jokic, at least in my opinion. Uh, First, though, make sure to check out the Hop Peak, not the Hot Pink, the Hop Peak (laughs) IPA uh, from Breck Brewing. One of our favorites uh, at the office for sure. One of our favorites to drink while we're recording this very podcast. Uh, Great for any occasion. And uh, it's refreshing. Not not all IPAs I would classify as refreshing, but the uh, Hot Peak IPA is is certainly refreshing. Uh, Make sure to check it out at your local liquor store or um, at Breck Brew. If you ever make it down to the Breck Brew compound, I would highly recommend it. That place is really awesome. And also, before we move on, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company, the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. They've been doing it since 1972, providing the highest quality of products from custom die gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And with the winter in full swing, I could not believe I got back from Austin on Sunday night and... Uh, we've already got snow here on monday um, but denver rubber company has it has you covered for anything that has to do with snow plows most snow plow rubber the blades can be cut to any, any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications we went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back and it was nothing short of amazing these guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all. Remember that. And you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're family-owned with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, 1-800-259-0010, or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. Tell them who sent you. Back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Lind and Brendan Vote. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Make sure to come out to our watch party Saturday at Illegal Pete's, the Colfax location. Uh, we'll be tweeting out the RSVP link. And make sure to RSVP, A, so you can be in the drawing for whatever prize that we're handing out. And uh, B, so you can get the door because it's going to be a tight space, a lot smaller than... Uh, Sports calm, an intimate environment for this game that uh, I'm really looking forward to. With Brendan, what's your favorite, uh, what's your go to order at Illegal Pizza?
1: No, I'm a steak guy and I like the bowl, man. I'm more yeah. of a bowl than a burrito, but that's because I get, um, bloated really easily. So you get
0: bloated, you're like a hundred pounds. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> Irish,
1: I'm Irish, so it like it goes right to my stomach and my neck. Ooh. So I got if I do that. You know, if I get a burrito, I got to get a light beer, but if I do the bowl, you know, I can get something more, more, uh, full and and flavorful, like a Breck beer.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I'm a bowl guy too, but if I'm really hungry, if I'm really feeling it, I go for the smothered burrito, a burrito in a bowl smothered in green chili. Ooh,
1: the green chili, man. That's, I didn't really know about that at all before I moved out here, but that's the wave. I'm a, I'm a big green chili guy now.
0: Yeah, so the the big news Monday as the Nuggets sent out their injury report, Jamal Murray has missed Nuggets last ten games with an ankle sprain, but was upgraded <laughs> to questionable, and I've got to think there's a good chance of him playing Tuesday against Damian Lillard, the red hot Damian Lillard man, and the Portland Trail Blazers. The word and the reporting around the team has kind of been he's been testing out his ankle in pregame warmups. And if that ankle responded well to those workouts and whatever workouts he's been doing behind the scenes, you know, he could be back pretty soon. So I would not be surprised if he is back Tuesday against Portland. And I think it's going to be a big addition uh, for the Nuggets. You know, Jamal Murray, let's just talk about his year as a whole before we kind of get going here. Kind of disappointing, I think. I I thought he had a strong start. Looked like he was given a better effort. He was he was making a bigger impact on the defensive end. I feel like that waned over you know the last twenty games or so before he was injured. Uh, his shooting percentage is obviously not great. Um, what have you just kind of thought of his
1: year as a whole? Yeah, I thought he was off to a great start. We know Jokic wasn't too interested in the on the court or off the court leadership at all. Murray seemed to be standing up a little straighter, speaking a little more loudly and clearly to the media. Um, he had this this newfound attitude on defense. So all these areas in which we had hoped to see growth from him, it was there. And then it seemed to me, I, I guess I don't know if I could put my finger on when when the game was, Harrison, but he got hurt somewhere along the way. Um, I, I think he, he dinged himself up before that Philly game, but it does seem like when he ran into Ben Simmons mm. in Philadelphia – Um, He threw himself off in a way he hasn't been able to get right since. So I want to give him a little slack because I agree that it's been a disappointing year and he hasn't seemed to have improved. Statistically, he appears to be the same player, but it did seem like he was on a kind of positive trajectory and then he got a little banged up. So hopefully maybe him coming off of this, um, you know, there's an opportunity for him to really rebound strong.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. Freak play in Philly when he just ran into Ben Simmons. That's a good call, but that does seem uh, around where the injuries kind of started. And you know, Murray's always been a little banged up throughout his career. A uh, little ankle things here and there. His back. Um, the Ben Sim- when he ran to Ben Simmons, that was like his side or something. But um, he- he's always a little banged up the thing that jumps out to me when just when looking at his year so far is his shooting numbers and it's just been a really poor shooting year for him. It's also been a really poor shooting year for a lot of nuggets, Gary Harris, uh, Nicole Jokic, at least the beginning of the season. And right now Murray's shooting just 43 and percent from the field, 32.2% from three. Uh, he, he's not knocking down open threes either. Um, On catch-and-shoot shots, Murray's shooting only 36.7%. That's down from the 39.3% he shot on those shots last year. He's also hitting on just 30.1% of his pull-up threes after shooting 33.8%, so nearly 34% on shots of that variety last season. And then, uh, like I was getting at, on his open and wide-open threes, he's shooting a combined 32% on those shots after converting on 37% of his open and wide open looks from beyond the arc last year. What kind of shooter do you think Jamal Murray is? Like, if he is fully healthy, what kind of shooter do you think he is? A,
1: a streaky one, uh, 36 30, you know, seven percent shooter from deep. Fully healthy, fully realized. He he flirts with that number. Um, but he's always going to be a guy, I think, that prefers to, to – dr- kind of dribble into what other folks would call difficult shots. He's more comfortable, it seems, um, when somewhat contested when shooting from the mid-range. So I'd like to think he's a he's a guy that that shoots closer to 36, 37% from deep when healthy, but he has to I mean, he has to work towards that. Like he's just he's seemingly so much more confident in these other shots. And and I don't know what it's going to take if he just has to shoot his way there or not, but the the dribble penetration and everything else will come from him just being able to to make them pay when he's open beyond the arc.
0: Yeah, so on the year, kind of to that point, uh, Jamal Murray is shooting five three-pointers per game. And that's down from the five and a half three-pointers per game he was shooting last year. So shooting half a three less per game, which doesn't seem like a lot, um, but extrapolated over an entire season uh, that is a significantly fewer amount of threes that he's taking and yeah I agree um him taking more threes would do a lot for the Nuggets offense it would open it up more um it 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 just is what the modern day point guard does it's what is asked of the modern day point guard and um you you know Jamal is not like a quote-unquote pure point guard by any means he doesn't have to be the Nuggets don't really have one because Nicole Jokic initiates so much of this offense but I just think it would lead to a lot more uh, healthier offense if Murray was taking more threes here
1: yeah and he has improved so much as a playmaker so right if he can get to the point where he's forcing the defense to collapse right and from the inside out generate some paint threes Obviously, that would make life more easy for, for Jokic. And I just think that there's, hopefully it'll change now with the the bigger role for MPJ now in this offense, right? If there's another guy in there that can just create points, then maybe Murray's asked to do less of the, hey, dribble around and find yours. And more of, hey, if you find yourself open from three, be shot ready, right? And mm-hmm. and, and, and let his game kind of flow from there because he is a good rebounder for a point guard. Um, he is a much better playmaker than he was a few years ago. It just seems like he gets himself into trouble when, when he tries to do too much, trying to find his two points. And so maybe if there's another kind of alpha scorer in the lineup with him, um, he he can sort of take a different approach, if that makes sense.
0: No, yeah, and that's an interesting point. Uh, like, like you said earlier, I do think he has improved as a playmaker in the pick and roll and whatnot. And, and him coming back now to this team, which looks... A lot different, quite honestly, than they did at the beginning of the season, right? Um, because Michael Porter Jr. has emerged. And, and yes, MPJ is listed as out for this Blazers game. But just projecting you know, down the line here when those two guys probably do share the floor f- for some minutes. Right. He, he's coming back to a different team. Like Malik Beasley is a central part of this rotation right now. Um, I, I got to think he'll continue to get some minutes here. Uh, who knows what will happen after the trade deadline but you know I would think he might get some minutes uh, with Murray here on Tuesday against the Blazers. How do you just think th- the changes that have gone on since he's been out of the lineup will affect how he plays what his role will be what will be asked of him you know when he does get back alongside the porters the Beasleys he'll also be playing alongside Jeremy Grantson and-, and Jeremy Grant provides a bit of a different dynamic in that starting lineup than Paul Millsap did from a scoring standpoint
1: yeah it'll all depend on his approach and I I do think Murray is kind of at this place with this team and and the changes you just mentioned were maybe less is more and Mm -hmm. and and that's you know and and that obviously I mean trying to do less you have to think we watch this guy warm up all the time he is such a talented shooter that if his focus was sort of being shot ready, letting those those attempts, those three point attempts, kind of come to him and taking them in rhythm, you have to think that he's a guy that can make defenses pay if they forget about him in that way. Um, and and so it's yeah. I mean, is he going to dribble the air out of the ball, or is he going to be a part of of a unit that's gotten the ball popping a little bit in these last couple of games and and has a new look now with all this length? So it it all depends on his approach, man.
0: Yeah, and party move would have to think that you know he's had a front row seat to some of these great games that Michael Porter Jr. has had over the last couple exactly. of weeks. Yep. Uh, he's had a front row seat to see what Jeremy Grant's been able to do, um, what Malik Beasley has done when he's gotten the ball. So yeah, I, I do wonder what he thought of all of that and you know, what kind of approach he takes when he does get back on the floor. If that is Tuesday, it's going to be super fascinating. So a couple more things I want to get to on Murray and particularly how I think his return affects and really helps out Nikola Jokic. Jokic has been an absolute Iron Man over really the last month, going all the way back to early January when these injuries started. And also over these last 10 games when Jamal Murray has been out. Uh, Denver's gone 6-4 and over these last 10 games, wins over the Warriors, the Timberwolves. Both of those came on the second night of back-to-back. The Pelicans and the Rockets. Uh, Jokic, over these last 10 games, is averaging 24.7 points, 10.8 rebounds, and 8 assists per game. I feel like he's been really good defensively, too. Just monster numbers. But the thing is, he's also averaging more minutes. 36.4 minutes for Jokic over the last 10 games up from around the 30 or 31 he averaged before Murray went out uh around 10 games ago and also Jokic's usage is way up if you just look at every player on this roster's usage pre Jamal Murray injury and post Jamal Murray injury Jokic I don't I think unsurprisingly has seen the biggest increase in usage percentage. So the Nuggets have really leaned on Jokic and it's produced some unbelievable Jokic games. Um, But a part of me thinks that leaning on him this much, him playing this many minutes, it's a little unsustainable over the rest of the regular season. So I just think, you know, even despite how poorly Murray has been shooting the ball, just his presence, the possessions that he will just naturally take up is going to alleviate a lot of the kind of pressure on Jokic right now to make something out of nothing, which is what he's done a lot. There's no
1: doubt about it. And perhaps this stretch kind of came at a good time in terms of giving us perspective on Jamal Murray and what he does provide for this team. He is criticized within the context of now being paid like, and, and of course being the second best player on the team. And, and the Nuggets are a good enough team that they're contending for the finals. So the question is, is he good enough, right, to, to clear the, the, the final hurdle? And and so it's not, I mean, it within that context, there's a lot of room for nitpicking. But it's still the case that Murray is the second best player on this team. And so having him back is obviously going to help. It's going to help Jokic. It's going to help everyone. Um, they've been leaning on him so much. Down the stretch of that Detroit game, it was like, this almost like a conundrum because it's like, okay, you have to lean on Jokic here to win this game. You can't let this game get away. But it also feels like if you ask him to play nine more minutes, his legs are going to fall off. So I hope Murray plays tomorrow because it's time now to take a little pressure off of Jokic.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Detroit game because uh, that's actually what I led with in an article posting to uh, the DNVR.com early tomorrow morning, early Tuesday morning, just about how... Murray will help out Jokic. Jokic made 15 of his first 18 attempts in that loss to Detroit, and then he missed four straight. He missed four straight shots from the field at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, and um, it was the first time he's actually missed four straight shots uh, since that New Orleans game, like six games ago. And he'll probably tell you he wasn't tired. Will Barton will tell everybody he wasn't tired. I've got to think there was a lot of fatigue in the Nuggets' third game in
1: roughly 62 hours. Um, so, yeah. yeah. They're going to say that they weren't tired. And when you get out to a 20 point, 21, um point lead, obviously you can't look at that as a scheduled loss anymore. But we all saw what happened. We all watched the jumpers start going short. We watched them run out of gas. That's exactly what happened. So they did the right thing, not making excuses, but... Um, well, at the end of the day, that's the reality.
0: Yeah, so with the Nuggets shorthanded, and obviously Jamal Murray has been out, but Paul Millsap has been out a ton here over the last three, four weeks. Mason Plumlee obviously out. Um, and the injuries have been piling up. Michael Porter Jr. will miss his second straight game Tuesday against the Blazers. Um, but Jokic played 40 minutes against the Pistons, two days or not even two days, like one and a half days after playing 33 minutes against the Bucs. Jokic also played 35 minutes against the Jazz, 39 minutes in Memphis, 37 minutes versus the Rockets. That's over the last nine days. So he's been – a lot's been asked of him, and I I think it's just uh, another sliver of insight into just how good this guy is. I I think I asked you on Monday's show how many players in the league could carry their team like Jokic has – Throughout this injury-riddled stretch, which he's done for two consecutive years, Denver's had these injuries like this two years running now, and Jokic has carried them both times. We both decided that there's not a lot of guys that can, Um, but it's a little unsustainable, I think. And you just don't want to put that burden on Jokic for you know the next two three months. That'd be asking way too much, and I think it would wear him down a little eventually. So,
1: yeah, and Barton too, you know, and you want to get Murray back because. Barton's been doing a little bit of everything. It's like 2017, 2018 Barton again here. So both of those guys um, have earned a rest. Obviously (laughs) there's not enough to go around right now, but um, yeah, both of those guys need, need some time off.
0: Yeah. I mean, it should be a fascinating matchup Tuesday. Damian Lillard, one player of the week honors, and he has just been putting up monster numbers, like 45 points a game, eight rebounds, 11 assists. He's been on fire, not the easiest opponent for Jamal Murray to come back against uh, from a defensive standpoint. That's true. <laughs> but um should be a great game. Uh should be a pretty competitive game, I think. Portland's playing pretty well. Uh, they just beat Houston the other night,
1: and um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, can't wait. And it'd be a nice uh, opportunity for Gary Harris to kind of come back and show where he still has value because... Someone's got to guard up uh, Damian Lillard, and I don't know what they do without him. So hopefully Jamal's back, Gary's ready to go, and and maybe a, maybe a big Torrey Craig night is coming as well.
0: Right, I've got to think Torrey Craig gets the start on Lillard, and yeah, that probably means Gary Harris coming off the bench
1: again. I would guess. Yeah, probably, but I think it'll be or maybe similar, Jamal right? comes
0: off the bench. I'm not sure.
1: But- or, you know, even if he is, it's probably similar to that last game, like close to 30 minutes off the bench. Maybe he closes. Um, it'll probably depend on, on how he looks defensively.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we've got for today. Hopefully, this episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast was more interesting than uh, the most recent episode of The Bachelor that I just
1: watched. Hopefully. Oh, no. Was I it, can what, all... Was The Bachelor not good, Harrison?
0: It's like the worst season in three seasons. It's rough. It's a rough watch.
1: That's what I hear. I didn't know you were such a big bachelor guy. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get out of here.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. You guys, before we get out of here, Taking care of your teeth is obviously pretty important, and our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.